Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, Well, Florida's going to get whacked. The only question is, where is this storm going to come on land? <clears throat> Excuse me, folks. Now, I've been spending most of the day working in two homes, my parents' former home in our home moving things around and so forth. And all day long, all day long, the track has been a dead-on hit. But now it seems to be moving ever so slightly north. So we'll see. Nothing I can do about it. Nothing anyone can do about it. You know, climate change. Right, got it. Never been hurricanes before. There is a... uh, well, there is a, 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 a repetitious allegation against Sean Hannity and the primetime lineup on Fox that these people are advisors to the President of the United States uh, and that luckily the news operation separates itself from these, you know, pedestrian opinion givers. Uh, as they do, of course, at CNN and MSNBC. And what they really hate about the lineup, the primetime lineup of Fox, is it not only carries Fox week in and week out, month in and month out, into the best ratings on cable as well as Fox and Friends, but it devastatingly crushes the other cable channels. Devastatingly. And so these these other channels and news organizations generally like to attack Hannity and others. They like to attack Lou Dobbs over there at the uh, Fox Business Network because they give advice to the president. They're shills, you see. I want to play this for you. Um, Nathan Lemire today on the morning schmo. Let's go. Cut 16. Go. So there are two, two things sort of going on at once here. First of all, just the president and his relationship with Fox News, which does seem to have really soured in recent weeks. I mean, he still speaks to a number of these anchors uh, off air, you know, private conversations. Lou Dobbs in particular has become his top uh, informal advisor, but he still, according to our reporting, he still speaks to Sean Hannity quite a bit. He speaks to Tucker Carlson quite a bit and has leaned on them, particularly on foreign policy advice, uh, if, if that's to be believed. <laughs> and, and that, uh, you know, but he is grown concerned that he feels like Fox should be sort of 
on his side, that they should be part of the, the, the party apparatus. Yeah. They should be part of the White House communications office and is, is grown upset when he feels like uh, edit, you know, commentators are criticizing him or when even the polling department's polls don't reflect uh, kindly upon him. Uh, and he's been elevating time and time again OAN, which is this other conservative network, uh, as, as an alternative to that. But, but, but beyond that, there is a growing concern among within the White House, but also conservatives at large, about where the fate of this of this trade war, where this is going, that this could really be the thing that all undermines. Right. All right. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is a joke. The Democrat Party press is constantly giving advice and counsel to Democrat presidents and vice versa. In fact, Democrat presidents are constantly hiring them. But I want to give you an example. I want to give you an example because when you listen to these pathetic programs, there's never any context. And I want to start this way with something I've mentioned in, <coughs> excuse me, mentioned in the past, but gives you some serious context about where the media are today and why they lash out the way they do, mostly at Hannity because he's the number one guy on cable. Shortly after uh, Donald Trump's election, there's a fellow by the name of Will Ron, CBS News digital political correspondent. He was the network's, maybe still as managing director of politics. And he wrote an extraordinary piece, which I point out an unfreedom of the press, called The Unbearable Smugness of the Press. <laughs> and he admonishes his fellow journalists. So here's what he says in part, and here's what he wrote in part. So this is almost three years ago. He wrote, the mood in the Washington press corps is bleak, you know, right after Trump's election. And deservedly so. Shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that with a few exceptions, we were all tacitly or explicitly with her. Which has led to a certain anguish in the face of Donald Trump's victory. More than that, and more importantly, we also missed the story after having spent months mocking the people who had a better sense of what was going on. This is all symptomatic of modern journalism's great moral and intellectual failing. That is, it's unbearable smugness. Trump knew what he was doing when he invited his crowds to jeer and hiss the reporters covering him. They hate us and have for some time. And can you blame them? Journalists love mocking Trump supporters. We diagnose them as racists in the way Dark Age clerics confuse medical problems with demonic possession. Journalists at our worst see ourselves as a priestly caste. We believe we not only have access to the indisputable facts, but also a greater truth, a system of beliefs divine from an advanced understanding of justice. This is all a white lash, you see. Trump voters are racist and sexist. So there must be more racist and sexist than we realized. He goes on. Journalists, interestingly, don't even believe in the possibility of reasoned disagreement. And as such, ascribe cynical motives to those who think about things a different way. As a direct result, we get it wrong with greater frequency. Out on the road, we forget to ask the right questions. We can't even imagine the right questions. We go into assignments too certain that what we find will serve to justify our biases. Genius. Brilliant. But none of it 
embraced. All fell on deaf ears. Now, the guy that spoke on the morning schmo, Deliverance Boys show, wants you to believe that, you know, these, these Fox opinion guys, giving advice to the president and the president contacting them, this is bizarre, this is unusual, this is laughable, this is frightening. And yet it's the kinship between journalists and the Democrat Party and the progressive ideology that debases professional journalistic standards. There was a book written in 2012, as I point out, and on freedom of the press, called Yours in Truth. Yours in Truth, a personal portrait of Ben Bradley, legendary editor of the Washington Post. And it uh, was authored by a journalist named Jeff Himmelman. Now, the Washington Post, obviously, is among the most influential news outlets in the country, and it helped force Richard Nixon from office. Now, Himmelman was a Washington Post journalist who at one point reported directly to Bob Woodward. I pointed this out many, many, many months ago. And in writing his biography of Ben Bradley, Himmelman wrote it, who'd been the executive director of the Post from 1968 to 1991, Himmelman was given full access to Bradley, with whom he'd worked and studied for four years, as well as Bradley's personal papers. Now, Bradley, of course, had been treated as a press icon, most famously for his overseeing the publishing of the Pentagon Papers and then reporting on Watergate. And when he died on October 21, 2014, he received lavish praise from the media class and many politicians, including Obama, for his courage and exceptionalism as a journalist and press executive. In fact, Obama issued a statement in which he said that the standard Bradley set, a standard for honest, objective, meticulous reporting, encouraged so many others to enter the profession. So when Himmelman's book was 2012, he was roundly attacked by Bob Woodward and others in the press because he dared to call into question Bradley's exceptionally close friendship with President John Kennedy and certain of Bradley's unethical journalistic practices when he was a correspondent for Newsweek covering Kennedy. Now keep in mind, Bradley was a journalist. The primetime lineup on Fox, they're not journalists. Although I must say, more times than not, they're more newsworthy than the so-called newsrooms. Now, from the time Kennedy was a senator, during his presidential campaign and throughout his short presidency, Ben Bradley and his wife, with the exception of a few months period, were extraordinarily close friends. They were neighbors before Kennedy moved into the White House. They had frequent private dinners, went to the movies, attended dances, etc. The uniform perception is that most editors today would never allow a friend to cover a friend the way Ben covered Kennedy, Himmelman writes. Let us hope not. But the the converse should be true as well. That is, if a journalist has deep-seated antipathy for a public figure, such as most of the people on CNN and MSNBC and in the Washington Post and the New York Times toward the President of the United States, they should never be allowed to cover the the President either. 
But there's no such concern among editors today. Now, in the case of Kennedy and Bradley, Himmelman recounts that in May of 1959, before Kennedy had officially announced his candidacy for president, Bradley covered a speech of Lyndon Johnson's in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, for Newsweek. Now, at the time, Johnson was widely perceived to be one of Kennedy's potential rivals for the Democratic nomination. Now, Bradley filed for Newsweek, but he also wrote a private critical assessment of the speech in a memorandum, quote, memorandum for Senator John F. Kennedy, unquote, that definitely crossed the line between what a reporter should and shouldn't do for a friend. Now, he never mentioned having written his memo in any of his books or interviews. The reporter found them in the Kennedy Library. Now, Himmelman continued, after calling the speech a masterpiece of corn, Bradley deconstructs Johnson's entire presentation in this memo to Kennedy. Says, my own response to Johnson is that almost all other considerations aside, he could never make it. The image is poor. The accent hurts. He really does not have the requisite dignity. I watch closely. His personal mannerisms are destructive of the dignified image. He's somebody Gabby, Texas cousin from Fort Worth. As an aside, one can imagine that this kind of attitude pervades and reflects present-day newsrooms respecting President Trump and his supporters. So Bradley further advised Kennedy that for safety's sake, I think your present assumption that he is a candidate has to be the one. The danger is, of course, not that he makes it or that he can hand his strength intact to anybody else. What is to be feared is that he will come to Los Angeles with a block of 300 or more delegates and hold them off the market for three or four ballots. And the memo goes on. As Ben Bradley, an iconic journalist at this point for Newsweek, but soon after for the Washington Post, is giving tactical political advice to John Kennedy. To John Kennedy. And he did more than that. John Kennedy gave... Bradley, information about his adversaries that came directly out of the Internal Revenue Service and FBI files through a number of his surrogates, including Pierre Salinger, the late Pierre Salinger. And John Kennedy dictated, on at least one occasion, but likely more, how these news articles would be written. So the next time you hear some media mental midget, some media dwarf on the show with the morning schmo or any of these other joke programs, you keep in mind that these left-wing journalists have been giving advice to Democrats for more than half a century. They've been friends with Democrats for more than half a century, a hundred years. Everything they write is infected and affected by the relationships with leftists and politics, everything. And so when they continually attacked Fox, particularly their primetime lineup, particularly their morning show, they are the worst kind of hypocrites. But then again, you knew that, didn't you? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. 
but the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse, rejecting the idea of objective truth. They peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's College. I think it would be helpful for mental health and for uh, accuracy reasons to stop viewing CNN and MSNBC as news organizations. Just stop viewing them as news organizations. The same can be said for the New York Times and the Washington Post. Now, it's not to say they don't have news from time to time, but they're not really news organizations anymore. Particularly the New York Times, but it includes the Washington Post. The New York Times has made it abundantly clear. It went from Russia collusion to Trump as a racist, and that's where it's focusing its substantial resources plus trying to undermine American history and rewrite it, that America was founded on slavery. It is poisonous. It's actually kind of sick. It's kind of sick that people who are able to benefit from the First Amendment in our Constitution, some of whom have become enormously wealthy and famous and popular as a result, have such a a deep-seated hate that they're willing to rewrite American history now, the United States was not founded on slavery, on any rational interpretation of American history. Now, this stuff is being pushed into our public schools because that's what the New York Times is doing. So you can't really view that as a newspaper. It is a propaganda paper. That's what it is. And the same can be said for CNN in MSNBC. When is the last time, I ask this all the time, MSNBC actually ran a positive news story about the president or any of his policies? When is the last time CNN actually ran a positive news story about the president or any of his policies? And it's very infrequently done at the New York Times and the Washington Post. Yet conversely, when it came to Obama, they were cheerleading every single day. So how can that be called a news operation? Or how can they be called news operations? They're not. So don't look at them as news operations, because they're not. I'll be right back. The good, the true, the beautiful. Think about those concepts for a second. What do they mean? 
How can one begin to understand these high and noble ideals? It starts with the right kind of education. This kind of education used to be common, but it's become increasingly rare. It used to be that college students, young people, would study comprehensively a variety of subjects from philosophy to politics to biology, a core curriculum, in other words. Sadly, that's not the case these days. But I can tell you about one place where young people study like this, Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, students work hard, spending more than half their time studying the core. The result? Hillsdale alumni are leaders with intelligence and character, ready to make a difference in their families, communities, and country. But it all starts with that core, the core that develops moral and intellectual virtue, the core that helps them understand the good, the true, and the beautiful. Find out more about what education is meant to be at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. When the going gets tough, the tough get Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. You know, you can see what's going on in Hong Kong, and it's pretty damn awful. The Chinese government, the communist government, obviously has now taken over the Hong Kong police force, has secreted its people into that police force, probably military and intelligence individuals. They're now locking up opposition leaders who are actually elected to their government. Several of them have been pulled off the streets. And so far in the last weeks, they've locked up 900 leading advocates for democracy in Hong Kong. So the Chinese are already acting. They're also getting more brutal and more violent in their treatment of the citizenry there. All these people want is to be left alone. None of them consider themselves part of mainland communist China. None of them. They have no identity with that government. None. Now, as I sit here and I look at the horizon of news and information each and every day, I see audio after audio and story after story of Democrats attacking the President of the United States over our immigration policies. I do not see story after story or hear audio after audio, of Democrats attacking Red China for what they're doing to the free people in Hong Kong. Do you? I do not see video after video or or read story after story of Democrats standing up for the little state of Israel against Hezbollah in Iran and what they continually are trying to do to those free people. I don't hear Democrats talking about the people who wish to be free in Venezuela, ever. I don't hear them talking about the people who wish to be free in Cuba, ever. But they attack President Trump over immigration policies. And they never, ever have a substantive or rational alternative. Never. Ever. Joe Biden said we should get rid of detention centers. Now, when he was vice president of the United States, 
They didn't get rid of detention centers. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what would be the outcome of getting rid of detention centers? Now, you're not going to hear this on CNN and MSNBC because they're not news organizations. You're not going to read about any of this in any significant way in the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost because they're not news organizations. They've hijacked this, this, this nomenclature of free press. They're not. So the question is, what do you do if you don't have detention centers? That is, if you can't detain people to figure out who they are. You do nothing. Anyone who gets across the border is free to go. This is why none of them will come on this program. Because I'm not Jake Tapper. Because I'm not Andrea Mitchell. Because I'm not Chuck Todd. I have some serious questions I want to ask these people about their alternatives. What exactly is it that they want to get out of immigration? You don't want a wall? What do you want? Well, we want technology and so, but it's not working. Do you want open borders? What about 98% of the people who refuse to return to court to be heard by an administrative law judge? What do you want to do about them? What do you want to do about 45% of the people here illegally who violate their visas? What do you want to do about adults who drag little kids into this country and 30% of the time they're not their kids? They are molested, they are abused, and they are used. How are you going to determine the 70% from the 30% if you don't detain them? And under your policy of never separating them, you'll never separate an abused and molested child from an adult that's not even their parent. And what about the rights of the American people? What about that? People just come into this country? Have you seen what's going on in Montgomery County, Maryland? Only because the spotlight is on that county. Thanks in large measure to my buddy Larry O'Connor on WMAL. 11, 12-year-old girl raped repeatedly over a period of months. By illegal aliens? Five or six of them? And a little boy, too? Well, Mark, you know, all illegal aliens don't do that. That's the stupidest argument in the world. Well, those illegal aliens did. And they shouldn't have been in our country. And that little girl would have been safe. Would have been safe. Why is it that the Democrats defend foreigners who come into this country illegally? They don't know anything about these foreigners. They don't know who they are. They don't know who where they come from. They don't know if they have criminal records. They don't know a damn thing about them. But they want them to come into the country. They want them to come into the country. Because they want to turn Texas blue. Because they want to turn Florida blue. Hey, look, this, these are the facts. This is reality. Because they're power-hungry. They're narcissistic. You cannot be a leftist and not be narcissistic. You cannot be a leftist and not be power-hungry. It's the nature of the beast. It's the nature of the beast. So let's listen to Joe Scarborough, a failed congressman, a failed radio host, and a failed TV host, over there with barely a blip on the ratings uh, radar, over there at MSLSD. He's here with Eugene Robinson. Another left-wing clown 
writing for the Washington Compost, and by the way, on the Pulitzer Committee. Might even be the chairman, as far as I know. Cut to, Mr. Producer, go. Yeah, I was just trying to think of, of what other leader, what other country in, the, in a world full of bad leaders, uh, but, but who else would do this? Who would say, let's deport some, some, some desperately sick children? Um, it's just, it, you, 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 could not, you could not write this uh, in, in your worst sort of dystopian. This, this guy, the, these people, they wake up every morning, they look in the mirror, they shave brush their teeth, do what they do. They get in their cars, if they're not in fact driven to the studio. And they're all prepared to do the same thing every single day. Every single day. I would ask Eugene Robinson this question. How do you know they're desperately ill unless you detain them and question them and find out? Right, Mr. Producer? What if we don't have detention centers? Tell me, Mr. Robinson, where are all these doctors and nurses and hospital beds going to come from? Tell me, Mr. Robinson, what would you do? What would you do? Tell me, Mr. Robinson, why did your party, and you're a Democrat and a leftist, admittedly or not, why did they vote against increasing funding for the number of detention beds? In the first instance, they opposed it. Why is that? And why don't we secure the border? Why do you think that every person who's sick all over the world should be able to come into the United States? I thought we had the worst health care system in the world. Shouldn't they be going to Canada or Great Britain or France? But in any event, how is that possible for the United States to medicate and treat every child all over the world? Go ahead. Fantasy, but um, but this is this is where we are in the United States of America in the year 2019. It's just appalling. Everything we do in 2019 is appalling. It's, it's just appalling, folks. This is an attack on you. That's what it is. When they attack the country, when they attack Trump, they're attacking you. When they attack our immigration laws that was that were passed by Congress over the decade, they're attacking you. This is all an attack on you, the American citizen, the American way of life. And then when you say that, you must be a white supremacist. These people are poisonous. They're cancerous. Go ahead. It is appalling. And again, using inhumane, uh, again, using inhumane policies that aren't going to have an impact Absolutely on not. the flow of, of immigrants coming mm-hmm. to the United now States. Let's stop here. So this is a news platform well this kind of pablum is burped up every single day day in and day out they get into their limousines they're driven to the studios they make an enormous amount of money they're treated like they're celebrities and they get in there and they just keep trashing the president trashing the president no pushback no serious diversity of view none of it there's supposed to be a newsroom, right? News operation, MSNBC. Every day, the same damn thing. Go ahead. Again, the purpose, the inhumanity of the policy proposals themselves and the policies are actually the ends. They're now, this Im- clown was a member of the House of Representatives from the panhandle of Florida, Republican. 
I think he was there like six years. Does anybody remember Joe Scarborough making this case when he was a member of the House of Representatives? No, because he didn't. Does anybody remember him calling Trump inhumane and Hitler and all these other names when he was cheerleading for him in the Republican primaries? He and his dim-witted, I mean, and his beautiful wife? No, because they didn't. Eugene Robinson used to be a reporter. You can see what a joke he is. Never a serious journalist seeking objective truth. Always a hack. You can see E.J. Dion, same thing. Thomas Edsel, same thing. All these old-time reporters who become columnists almost always, overwhelmingly, are leftists, and they reveal themselves and their opinions. Go ahead. ...to an end. They're a political end for the president and uh, what he thinks that his base wants to see. So Scarborough knows who you see. And your base, you, you want to see children suffering, unmedicated, and deported. That's his base. Scarborough claims to be able to speak for you, his base. Now let me try it a different way. It is Trump's base that is the most humane part of the body politic. It is Trump's base that believes in liberty. It is Trump's base that believes in our Constitution. It is Trump's base that believes in immigration, but lawful immigration, like the vast majority of American history. It is Trump's base who believes in the nation-state with actual borders. It's Trump's base that pays most of the taxes. It's Trump's base that fights most of the wars. It's Trump's base that serves in most law enforcement departments, firefighter departments in this country. That's Trump's base. Tell me, what's the left-wing base like? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty, with more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Later in the show, we're going to have the great Judge Janine Pirro, good buddy, wonderful book. Joe Bastardi, good buddy, he's going to tell us what's going on as best he can. 
But in the meantime, I want to go to Shepard in Ocala, Florida, the great WSKY. Go. Yes, Mr. Levin. I just wanted to say I came from a family of what today would have been Bernie supporters. With them, it was always tax the rich, screw the rich, take it from the rich. They got their money by lying, cheating, stealing, and standing on the backs of the poor. And if they didn't, they were just plain lucky and they inherited it. My family not only hated wealthy people, they hated anyone who had even a little more than they had. If my father owned a Ford and our neighbor down the street owned a Buick, Dad was not happy. But the reason I called, fast forward to 2012. My dear aunt passed away. My brother and I were to receive an inheritance. Not enough to make us wealthy, mind you, but enough to make life easier. She passed away in New Jersey, a very high-tax state. When my brother found out what we would end up paying in inheritance taxes, income taxes, whatever, he hit the ceiling. He said, wait a minute. Our aunt and uncle already worked and paid taxes on this money. Why is it being taxed again? So I just said, whoa, now wait a minute, Mr. Tax the Rich. We're going to have paid off cars, paid off homes, nice little something in the bank, nice little something in retirement. Don't you think we should pay our fair share? Huh? And he says, oh, blankety blank, we're not rich. I said, to some people we are. Now the shoe's on the other foot. How's it feel? Shepard, and by the way, you're a shepherd I like. You are terrific. Terrific, terrific. Thank you, Shepard. And I believe that's resonated with the vast majority of Levinites out there. Thank you, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, we have two more hours of the best radio that radio has ever had. I'll see you in a minute. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark That's me. 877-381-3811. Just fooling. Mark Levin here. I told you the other night, Joe Biden isn't a gaffe machine. He's an idiot. And by definition, you're not a gaffe machine. A gaffe is like an exception, you know, just has a lot of gaffes. No, Joe Biden's an idiot. He's been an idiot for a long time. As I've explained to you time and time and time again to the point when I bumped into him on an Amtrak station, he called me a smartass actually remembered my name. Uh, but in any way, we talked about how he fabricates this uh, war store, and he's been doing it for years and years and years. And the Washington Post got on it, and the Washington Post doesn't want Joe Biden to be the Democrat nominee. Now, if he is, of course, they will endorse him, support him, back him, and uh, do everything they can to uh, cripple the president, my president, our president. Uh, but that said, Joe is really not up to being president of the United States. He's really not. I don't think he's up to driving a car I don't, I, 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 or riding a bike. 
So here's a montage of a video, and obviously we will give you the audio, of the Washington Compost, which really does not want Joe Biden. They're afraid he can't win. You know, they like Elizabeth Warren. They never attack Elizabeth Warren. Or Kamala Harris. Or Cory Booker. Or Buttigieg. Cut 12, go. I've been in and out of Afghanistan and Iraq 28 times. I've been in and out of Iraq and Afghanistan over 29 times. I've been in and out of Afghanistan and Iraq over 30 times. At the PRT, in a makeshift meeting room surrounded by rocks, mud, and sandbags, but filled with flat screens and computers, a two-star general traveling with us performed an impromptu award ceremony. He gave a bronze star to a corporal who looked to me to be about 25 years old. I found myself in Iraq being asked by General Oriano, a four-star, to pin a silver medal on a young captain. I have been asked in a forward-operated base in the middle of a godforsaken nowhere in the upper Konar Valley in Afghanistan to pin a silver star on a young, coincidentally, Navy captain in what they call a FOB, a forward operating base. I pinned those on silver stars on soldiers up in the upper Konar Valley in the middle of a firestorm the poor guys have gone through. Young Navy captain, Navy, Navy, up in the mountains in the Konar Valley in Afghanistan. Oi. Now, uh, cut 13, uh, more of the fabrications on his war story. Go. Who had pulled a badly wounded gunner to safety, returning fire to repel the enemy, and then, and then keeping his abut alive until medevac arrived. Who had pulled someone out of a burning Humvee, risking his life. One of his buddies got shot, fell down a ravine about 60 feet. This guy climbed down a ravine carried this guy up on his back under fire. He had gone down a ravine to rescue one of his men who had been shot, brought him back under hail or gunfire, was wounded, but the young man died. I know it sounds a little corny, but uh, I don't think there was a, uh, a dry eye in the house. And the general wanted me to pin the silver star on him. And when I went to pin on him in front of the entire brigade, I went to pin the silver star with General Rodriguez, pin the general's, the silver star on his chest. I got up there and stand and said, God's truth, my word is abiding. He stood at his attention. I went to pin him. I said, sir, I don't want the damn thing. He stood at me, looked at me, said, sir, I don't want the medal. I don't want the medal. I don't want it, sir. He died. He died. I don't deserve it. Do not pin it on me, sir. Please, sir, do not do that. He died. He died. Now, this is all a figment of Joe Biden's imagination and low IQ. Um, Notice how the media don't say he's a serial liar. And by the way, this is just one illustration. Notice how the Washington Compost doesn't put out... You know, Joe Biden has lied 1,714,000 times during the course of his career. Notice they don't do that. Notice the boy on the bridge from Deliverance, a.k.a. Joe Scarborough, a.k.a. the morning schmo. Notice he never attacks Joe Biden. 
Never attacks Joe Biden. Where's Andrea Mitchell? NBC News. Nowhere. Don Lemon. By the way, Don Lemon, has Don Lemon addressed the fact that he was sued, Mr. Producer? I don't think so, has he? And the facts in that suit are grotesque. And uh, Fredo Cuomo, uh, Fredo Cuomo challenged Joe Biden's mental acumen and accuracy? No. How about fake Jake tapped out Tapper? No. How about Helter Skelter Brian Stelter? No. No. Not a thing. It's just lunch bucket Joe. And by the way, that's a lie. Joe Biden never held a job where he took a lunch bucket. Joe Biden's never been a blue-collar worker. He's never been a union worker. That's another fraud. Joe Biden for the little guy. Now, when Joe was asked about all this, here's what he had to say. Cut 14, go. I was making the point how courageous these people are, how incredible they are. This generation of warriors, these fallen angels we've lost. And so that, I don't know what the problem is. The problem is you're a liar or you're delusional. But either way, you're a scary dude. That's the problem. The problem is, if you don't know what you did, and you tell that story over and over again, 14 different ways, could be Afghanistan, it could be Iraq, whether it's a silver star, a bronze star, this general, that general, the guy survived, the guy died, and on and on. There's something wrong with you. It's called an issue of character. It's like when you lied about your law school record. When you lied about where you graduated in your class. When you plagiarized Neil Kunick. That's the problem. And it's scary. But Joe Biden is the, the leader of the pack right now because the pack is pretty pathetic, to be honest with you. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders of Brooklyn, New York. Bernie Sanders is a throwback. Bernie Sanders is an old communist. I'm just being honest with you. He wants to nationalize our energy industry. He wants to nationalize, for all intents and purposes, our healthcare industry. Now, it's not that this hasn't been tried before. Tell me, where it's been tried, do they have more energy? No. Where it's been tried, do they have better health care? No. So why would we take this abstraction, this theory born of Marx and Engels, and projected onto the great United States of America. Why would we do that? Well, because of equality and racism and xenophobia and sexism. Shut up, you idiot. When I was going to law school, jerks like this were in the back of the row. We all laughed at them. They weren't running for president of the United States. Comes out of... Moves to the whitest state in America, and no offense, Vermont, but I'm, I'm just an observer. Likes to talk about diversity. It's like Obama. Obama's bought three homes, one for $5 million, one for $8 million, one for $15 million. Not one of them is in a black neighborhood. Martha's Vineyard. Whoa. Palm Springs. And a fancy-dancy neighborhood in Washington, D.C. 
you watch these people on MSNBC and CNN. I don't watch them live. I mean, I have a life. But we pull this stuff together for the program, and we decide whether we're going to use it, to use them as foils and make a point. They're truly crackpots. Look at this guy, Joe Scarborough. I'm telling you, take a photograph of that kid that sat on the bridge in the movie Deliverance and put it next to a photograph of Scarborough. It's the spitting image, one of the other. And the guy on the bridge is (coughs) obviously an inbred, Joe. Joe, with his bulbous nose. Hey, look, no offense. No offense, but anything goes when you're calling the president Hitler, right? And then his wife. Third wife, I think, but nonetheless. His wife, Brzezinski. And what does she contribute to the show? She's like uh, the Ed McMahon on the Johnny Carson show. Ho, ho, grunting, making noises for her Joe. Low IQ Joe. Then they bring on guys like Heilman. Absolute reprobate. They used to have Mark Halpern on there, but, you know, got in trouble with the, uh, shall I say, sexual harassment. They're trying to bring him back. They got this guy, Barnacle. Perfect name. He's a Barnacle. He had a plagiarism issue. He's back. It's like a bunch of, uh, how shall I say, circle morons. That's the, that's the word I'm looking for, morons. Circle morons right there every morning talking to each other like they're in a mental institution. They had to change the graphics over there in MSLSD, have padded walls. And then, honestly, I think I have a good idea. Maybe I'd be the executive producer, have padded walls, put these people in there, maybe one or two of them in a straitjacket, and then, rather than just a sort of a wide panning of a, you know, the TV camera and you're looking at the, you go into like a little peephole in the door to see what are they doing now as they're bouncing off the walls, screaming Hitler's name, and stuff like that. Now, that would be a, a good show. I'd watch that, wouldn't you, Mr. Producer? I think that would be good. Wow. Change the name. I like the name. Morning Schmo. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. 
You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. I understand that uh, James Clapper, a.k.a. James the Clap, I understand James the Clap came out in defense of Jim Comey, a.k.a. Jim Homely Comey. And I understand Brennan is in on it, too. Yes. The Three Blind Mice of the Intelligence Services. There's another TV show right there. Homely the Comey, James the Clap, and Brennan. That could be good, like the... uh, what was the show with those old ladies in Miami? I'm trying to remember. The Golden Girls. Remember that? And the Golden Boys. They sit on a sofa, watching TV, talk about nothing. And every now and then, James the Clap can do one of those clapper things. And the light turns on. I, 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 let me tell you something. I know TV. So let's move the cut seven, Mr. Producer. James Clapper today on CNN on... Homely Comey, and the report, the devastating Inspector General report. Cut seven, go. Without these memos, the Mueller investigation may not have happened, right? And now, let's, yeah. let's stop right there. This is a CNN reporter. Listen to the affectation in her voice. Without these memos, the Mueller investigation might not have happened, right? We may not have been able to lob false allegations against the President of the United States for two, two and a half years, right? We wouldn't have been able to find out that there wasn't any Russian collusion and no obstruction, right? This is why you hate these people. This is not a newsroom. The greatest farce perpetrated on the American people right now is the so-called news media. And CNN and MSNBC and the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost dragging them down, dragging them down. So Brianna Kyler, whoever the hell that is, they take these people like right out of high school. So without these memos, the Mueller investigation may not have happened, right? And yet, go ahead. Comey broke policy to make sure that this investigation did happen. How do you reconcile that? Yes, well, yes. uh... First, Jim, uh, this is not the first controversial issue that uh, he took uh, what many consider extraordinary action. The first one being uh, the handling of the Clinton uh, uh, email investigation. And so in this case, uh, Jim, and in both cases, I will say, having worked with him, and I'm a friend of his and admirer of him, I I think he did what he thought was the right thing. Now stop. So what? He did what he thought was the right thing. So what? He did what he thought was the right. He broke the law. Oh, look, look, look. But he did what he thought was the right thing. So did Charles Manson. And so what? Go ahead. Take issue with what the Department of Justice Inspector General said. Uh, yeah, it, it violated the uh, standard protocols and procedures of the FBI. But? Uh, I think there's a rule book, though, for this uh, extraordinary situation. See, there's not a rule book because it's Trump. Don't follow the rules. Be as unethical as you want, as immoral as you want, as lawless as you want. 
Trump. Got to get Trump. Got to get Trump. So, yeah, he violated the FBI rules. So, so, you know what he's saying, Mr. Producer? The ends justify the means. Like a good little red. The ends justify the means. Hey, look. We had to throw the rule book. And you hear journalists, so-called, say the same thing. Look, 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 we got to throw the rule book at her. It's different this time. It's Trump. It's Trump. You know, we got to do things differently now. We got to, we got and so clap. We got to do things differently here. We can't follow the rule book. Got to throw the rule book out. He did what he thought was right. And that's the test. If Jim Comey thinks it's right, it's right. So says Jim the clap. Go ahead. Potential, I emphasize potential criminality of, of a president. But there was no so, criminality of a president, you dimwitted buffoon. What'd you say, Mr. Producer? Oh, okay. There, there was no criminality of a president. That's the point. They tried to set him up. It was a coup effort. And I might add, again, hand raised, just because if I don't, nobody will. Silent coup. In this context, you're listening to the first person to raise a coup. Espionage against the candidate and the president. A cabal. The greatest scandal in American history. And this clown was one of the conspirators. He's a Benedict Arnold. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. We anticipate at some point, perhaps, during this segment, uh, he's enormously busy, the... uh, Governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, uh, as I say, is enormously busy. But we shall see. Let's go to Greg. Lorton, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Mark, thank you so much. I'll be quick and concise. But before I, I do, I wanted to let you know that you changed the lives of myself and my two young sons, who are now college age and both have scholarships through the United States Army. Uh, wow. Yes. Uh, so I turned them on to you when maybe they were, I don't know, 10 and the other one maybe 12. Um, but you really are changing lives. I wanted you to know that. Well, thank you, all. my friend. That's very kind of you, Greg. You're welcome, sir, but it's the darn truth. Um, the only other two things I had to say real quick was, you know, it's amazing to me how hypocritical um, the Democratic Party is. I mean, you got Elizabeth Warren out there, now maybe the front runner 
who lied about you know, being a Native American to forward her career. And I mean, can you think of anything that would be more racist than that? I, I can't. Um, that's disgusting. Um, and the, the second it is, thing it, is, it is disgusting. And now it's downplayed. OK, she apologized. Move on. No, it tells you something about the person. And she didn't do it once. She put it in writing to get preferential treatment. She did it more than once. She was hired in part because of that. In other words, she worked her way up the ladder being a fraud. Yeah, a phony. And, and, and it tells you a lot about the people who are willing to ignore that. But yet Trump's a racist, and so am I, and, and everybody else who supports Trump. It's ridiculous. Right. Um, the second thing that I don't understand is why so many Americans can't see how simple this is. Where Trump gets into office, knowing we have to face China, he revs up the economy because we're going to take an economic hit. So uh, I don't mean to be rude, Greg, but uh, as a public service, I want to go immediately to Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis. Sir, how are you today? Um, thank you for taking time. Uh, we're, since we're heard all over Florida and all over the East Coast and so forth, I thought it would be a good time for you to give a little synopsis of what you know about this uh, weather situation. Yeah, sure. Um, Dorian has been strengthening pretty consistently over the last two days. It's now at a Category 3. It will very likely reach Category 4. Um, you know, the track I think a lot of people have been following, you know, has been somewhat uncertain. Um, you know, we have it going west and then at some point going north. Uh, we haven't known whether that means it's going to go west all the way through Florida, then go north in the Gulf of Mexico, whether it's going to ram Florida, go up the spine of the state, or maybe go up the east coast, or maybe turn before it gets to Florida. So we're basically telling Floridians, if you're possibly in that path, you know, make sure you make the necessary preparations to prepare yourself and your family. Uh, what we're going to see tomorrow is some of the counties on the east coast of Florida that you know well, Mark, um, because Martin is one of them, um, are going to be announcing they're activating their plans and so there'll be certain areas that'll be subject to mandatory evacuation um, and then obviously there'll be um, shelters open and um, you know we'll be taking some action to help with that as well so you know I think the, the difficult thing is and you know this Mark uh, you know these things three days out um, you know, they're not that precise. I mean, uh, if you go back to Hurricane Irma, at this point before that storm hit, every model had it either going into the Atlantic or up the east coast of Florida. It went all the way underneath Florida and entered at the west coast of Florida. And so that's just kind of, um, you know, the situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, but, you know, we're really happy with the support we've gotten from the president and from the Trump administration. And, uh, you know, we're working at the state level to be, um, uh, to be doing as much as we can. Can as well. It sounds like every time one of these come, uh, the the reaction is improved. In other words, you've got coordination going on with the federal government. You've got really good coordination going on with the various counties and so forth. And you're doing what you can humanly possibly do. I think that's right. And I also think, um, you know, we are we've been very um, cautious in terms of you know, telling people, uh, you know, to evacuate or not, or we've told the locals to be to be cautious. And I've basically been real supportive of them making the decisions locally, uh, because what happened with Irma is, you know, people evacuated from Miami to Tampa 
and then the storm took a westward track, yeah. and then they had to evacuate again from Tampa. So, you know, we want to make sure that, um, you know, when we're when folks are being instructed to do something, that that it's that it's the the best evidence we have to protect them. Um, but I think some people in some of those storms felt that they, you know, kind of got jerked around a little bit, to be honest with you. And so, you know, we're trying to approach it in, in the best way that we can. And I think so far the counties um, are doing the same. And and I hopefully, you know, we're going to have uh, an ability to um, to protect folks on the front end, and then obviously, um, you know, lead out effective response on the back end. And you know, Governor, there is a level of individual personal responsibility. I flew down here to take care of my my deceased parents' home, to take care of my home, and then I'm going to fly out of here. So people do need to take it upon themselves. They use their common sense. Oh, without question. And um, and and we and I think people kind of get it now, Mark. I mean, yeah. in 2016. We had our first hurricane in like over a decade, and you had millions of people who had moved to Florida who had never experienced a, a hurricane because they had moved after 05. Well, now we've unfortunately been through this drill a few times, and so I think that you see that in the, in the kind of the battle-tested knowledge of the local folks our state emergency people, but then the citizens here, you know, are, are pretty smart. You know, we've seen huge gas lines in Miami and people grabbing supplies off the shelves. And I think it's because, you know, a lot of those people left previously when they didn't necessarily have to evacuate. And now they're looking at it and say, okay, maybe I don't need to, to drive halfway across the state. Maybe I can, you know, be here if I'm in a relatively safe spot. So I think people are learning from their experience and are making the best decisions they can for their family by and large. Well, Governor, I'm going to let you go. I know you're enormously busy. I think you're doing great. I'm watching you on TV, getting the word out as much as you possibly can. And uh, thank you, and God bless, and good luck. Yeah, and Mark, we will, uh, you know, hopefully we don't suffer too much damage. You know, maybe the storm could take a good turn, but if we, whatever damage we suffer to your southern uh, command bunker, I'll, sure, I'll be sure to let you know, okay? <laughs> Trust me, I'm worried about it. All right. Thank you, Governor. God bless. Right. God bless. Take care of yourself. I've been watching this here on the television, listening to the radio, and he is everywhere. He's trying to coordinate uh, federal, state, and local uh, resources. And there's only so much the government can do. That's the bottom line. The government can do, you know, in emergency situations, a lot of things. But in the end, water, uh, fuel for your automobile, food, whether or not you decide to stay or leave, these are really individual decisions, and you have to live with your individual decision. I can tell you that we had planned to come here uh, over the uh, Labor Day weekend. Uh, I had no idea it would turn into a hurricane. Uh, I told my wife to stay home, uh, and I'm here trying to, uh, I've done the best we can to shore up my, uh, my deceased parents' home, which we've done, my buddy Ryan, and our home, and there's more to do tomorrow, and then I'm leaving. Then I'm leaving. Now, as I look at this map, uh, where they keep showing West Palm Beach. No, I don't live in West Palm Beach. I'm not going to tell everybody where I live, but I'm not that far. I don't live in West Palm Beach. And I keep looking at these maps, <laughs> and they keep showing this hurricane coming in my back door. So... uh uh, so I look at it, and then I see maybe it's moving a little north. I don't know. And I get very frustrated by it. And my wife says to me, look, there's nothing you can do about this. You do the best you can, shore up the house, and, so, and then what are you going to do? And, of course, that's true. 
And during the break, I always give you insight into my life and what's going on. If it's boring, I'm sorry. I looked at back, at the back, and there's the ocean. As smooth as ice. A beautiful dusk. Beautiful. Sky looks beautiful. The ocean looks beautiful. You know what they call that, Mr. Producer? The calm before the storm. Because way out there is brewing a hellish hurricane. A hellish hurricane. Whether it hits the United States at a Category 3 or 4, where it hits, we can't be sure. A lot of people criticize these weather forecasters. Why can't they tell us where it's going to go? Because the hurricane doesn't tell them where it's going to go. There's all kinds of various pressures in the atmosphere. High pressure, airstreams that have an effect on it. And so they do the very best they can. And I often think, and I've thought during this trip, you know, before there was any of this technology, people are living their lives maybe a few hundred years ago. And they have no idea what's coming in three days. None. Right? It's not like they're going to say, you know what, let's, let's get extra supplies of food and water and hunker down and so forth. Maybe we should leave. They don't know. Or they didn't know. They didn't know. This is why the whole notion of climate change is such a joke. We have no idea, really. We have a sense for where this hurricane's going to land, but every single person who talks about it who's an expert says, it could do this, could do this, could do this. It's possible to do this, although I'm not sure. And the high over here, north of it, it's hanging in there, and it's slowing it down, and they're trying to give you all the variables that they look at, and that's what they're supposed to do. And this thing's supposed to hit, what, late Sunday, early Monday? And by my calculation, so don't tell me people can determine what's going to happen 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now on the climate. It's just so stupid. And so we're supposed to destroy our society, trample individual liberty, eliminate capitalism, empower the central government to do what? To pray to idols? To give us propaganda? To do what? They can't do anything. You listen to idiots like Bernie saying, what does this guy know about anything? Or Chuck Todd? He doesn't even know what barber to see. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. 
By the way, that Ron DeSantis, he's presidential material. I mean it. I could support him for president down the road. I think he's terrific. He's a rock-solid conservative, as decent as they come, very accessible. Uh, and yet he's very take-charge, too. And Florida's a key state. You know, Congress might be out of session, but that doesn't mean politicians and bureaucrats have stopped plotting ways to increase government's control of our health care system. HHS is busy pushing international price controls. Now, that means that they'll only buy the medicines for those on Medicare that are as cheap as ones in Europe. But guess what? They're cheap because Europe's socialist countries aren't willing to pay for the latest and greatest in medicine advances, medical advances. And over in the Senate, Republican Senator Chuck Grassley said in an interview that the Senate staffers have set the stage with House Democrats to negotiate a prescription drug bill that puts price controls in a Medicare Part D. Now, filled with socialist ideas, the bill would be a major step in making us look more like the European countries that Democrats idolize, despite the fact that they're rationing care and restricting access to needed treatments. Plus, these arbitrary price controls would eliminate investment for the breakthrough treatments people hope for. Now, we're waiting for Mitch McConnell. He needs to stand up for sound, principled health care reform, not fall for a Democrat trap towards socialized medicine and a government-run health care system. This has to stop. So get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com. TrueHealthCareFacts.com. That's TrueHealthCareFacts.com. Now, if your child or young adult went to Hillsdale College, or if you took any of Hillsdale's great online courses, you'd know this already. The good, the true, the beautiful. Think about those concepts for a second. What do they mean? How can one begin to understand these high and noble ideals? Folks, it starts with the right kind of education. The kind of education that used to be common, which has become increasingly rare. Used to be that college students, young people, would study comprehensively a variety of subjects, from philosophy to politics to biology, from literature to history to theology. A core curriculum, in other words. But sadly, it's not the case these days, is it? But I can tell you about one place where young people study this, and that's Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, students work hard, spending more than half their time studying the core. The result? Hillsdale alumni are leaders with intelligence and character, ready to make a difference in their families, communities, and country. But it all starts with that core, the core that every student takes, the core that develops moral and intellectual virtue, the core that helps them understand the good, the true, and the beautiful. Find out more. What education is meant to be at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Matt, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Oh, man, we used to spend our summers there. Matter of fact, at the Berkeley, right on the road next to Ventnor, New Jersey, which was right next to Margate, New Jersey. Man, oh, man, did we have wonderful times in the summer on the beach, swimming in the ocean. Doing all those things. The great WFPG. Go. Yes, Maddie from down here. You're a local, buddy. You're yes, local. I am. Yes, I am. I'm Harry Hurley's buddy from down here in Atlantic City. He was my boss when we both worked for Trump. How about that, buddy? Yeah, he was my he was my executive vice president, and I was hotel manager years ago. Years really? Ago. What hotel? Uh, it, was, it was Trump Castle Marina at the time. 
Wow. You know, but he had but he had three hotels. He had that, he had the Taj Mahal, and he had Trump Plaza. I remember. But yeah, so at any rate, <clears throat> I wanted to I'll be quick. I, I wanted to touch on this this Biden thing with you about this speech that he gave at this military event. Right. I mean, Mr. Levin, please. I mean yes. you gotta help me here. Yes. This is not this is not a gaffe. <clears throat> this is not a misspeak or a misremember. This is disgusting mm-hmm. and borderline sacrilegious. When you go to pin a medal on one of our military heroes, man or woman, <clears throat> you better have your facts straight. And mm-hmm. he misspoke five times, five different facts that he got wrong there. This guy's out of his tree. He's out of his tree. You, no, you're exactly right. Now, I, I have to be honest with you. From a strategic point of view, I've gone back and forth on this, Matty, which is, yeah. do I highlight this to millions and millions of people, or do I kind of keep quiet and hope this guy gets the nomination? And I decided, no, I, I, I got to highlight this for the good of the country. This kook, Elizabeth Warren's a liar. She's a kook. Bernie Sanders of old Moscow days, he's a kook. Kamala Harris, kook. You got a kook brigade going on here. Yeah. Uh. I mean, and by the way, your buddy Cory Booker, New Jersey, talk about kooks. Good Lord. I know. He's he's out of his mind, too. I mean, you can't let these people become president of the United States. I'm sorry, leader of the free world. If any of them get in there, we're in big trouble. Do you know who else is rooting for them? Who? Communist China. I'm sure. The Islamo Nazi regime in Tehran. Oh, I'm sure. The uh, the remaining uh, Castro? Yeah. Uh, Vladimir Putin, all their talk about Putin and Russia and Trump. Trust me, Russia wants one of these appeasement, hardcore, left-wing kooks to be the president of the United States. And oh, Bernie especially. Bernie, though, what? I'll say, Bernie, you're back. Good Lord, it's Bernie. We never thought Bernie would be president of the United States. Even we thought he was an idiot. But here's Bernie. You're right, because, Mr. Levin, they can roll them over. They can roll them over and spit them out, and they know it. No, that's absolutely right. They don't want Trump in there because Trump's not taking any guff, man. Now, let let me ask you this. Well, I can't. Call me me next week, my friend. The music means I got to dance. Now, we'll be back for a full hour. Joe Bastardi, Judge Janine, and, of course, me. See you in a minute. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Many people are listening to me in their cars, in their trucks, in their RVs, up and down the East Coast. It's interesting. The latest report, and by the way, I'm no expert. I'm just telling you what I'm reading. From the Associated Depressed is, it may just skirt a direct slam into Florida. And by the way, this is just one take. 
and hug the coast. Now, that has its uh, problems, too, but it may move slightly north of the West Palm Beach area or the Martin County, Florida area the governor was talking about. It's not clear. Or it might cut right through the heart of the state. But I know this is not that helpful, but the last thing I just read during the break is that some of the forecasters are saying it's going to start working its way slightly to the north. You know what's really weird about this? I said this to a friend of mine. It, it, it's, it is weird. You're hoping, you're praying that the hurricane doesn't hit where you live. Right, Mr. Producer? But what else are you hoping? That it hits somewhere else. Now, that said, you know, you're hoping it goes out to sea and so forth, but that's very unlikely. So you're saying, please, please, hit them up there, or hit them down there, don't hit me. Isn't that true? It's not that you don't like somebody. It's not that you're, you're wishing harm on anybody else. You just know the damn thing's going to hit something. Just don't hit us, me. Right? I hear this talk. It's not, again, it's not that people are saying, you know what? Those people in Fort Pierce up there, they, you know, that, that, it's none of that. It's just that people want to survive. You know, they don't want to lose their homes and so forth. And, and tell you something else that is amazing about Florida. It has a vibrant state government. A vibrant state government. It is a state government that actually is more vibrant than most state governments. They have to be ready for all these hurricanes all the time. They have environmental challenges that very few states have. You know, people bring their, uh, their exotic animals in and they let them go into the Okeechobee or whatever, the Everglades. It is a very diverse state. I don't just mean ethnically and racially. I mean, you know, Pennsylvania is said to be three states, the east, the west, and the central part of Pennsylvania, and that's very true. But Florida, in many ways, is that way, too. The panhandle is more southern, more conservative. The, uh, the southern part of Florida is obviously more liberal. And then you have the central part of Florida that's kind of more suburban, and on the other hand, also more rural. So it's a very diverse state. It's a very large state, huge population, a lot of metropolitan areas, but a lot of rural areas, too. No income tax. No state income tax. California's top income tax rate is 13.3%. 13.3%. Florida is zero. I know there's other states too, but Florida is a unique state. Florida is zero. Despite having urban areas and all kinds of things going on in the state. As I say, hurricanes and so forth. Look how necessary, unnecessary, unnecessary, 13.3% in a state. A once truly vibrant state where everybody wanted to move to. 
And now it's dying, not because of the, 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 the businesses and so forth. They want to survive. It's dying because it's a dark blue one-party state. And the Republicans can't stop them because they changed the election rules, the voting rules. They fixed the outcome of the elections in Orange County. Orange County is now Democrat. Ronald Reagan's going to be turning in his grave. San Diego County is nip and tuck. What's left? The Central Valley. I know, but there's not enough people there. But what I'm saying is, you look at uh, you look at Florida with all its challenges, its diverse population, its uh, its uh, its large population, and yet the vibrancy of the state government. You don't have to have a state income tax. They also have this homestead law, which unfortunately I can't benefit from. This homestead law in which you can only increase a, a residence, if it's your primary residence, and you can prove it, a certain percentage a year. I think it's like 3%. Now, if you come from a, it's your second home, they'll jack it up 20%, whatever. But so there's no state income tax. There's a limit on an increase on your property tax. Oh, and one other thing. There's no inheritance tax. There's no inheritance tax. People say, you know, you can't run a country, you know, with no income tax. Well, apparently you can run a state. And then here's the really annoying part. People leave New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, move to Florida. Not all, but many are liberals and Democrats, and they come to this state and they vote for liberal Democrats. You would think they would learn. They lived in states where the governments have destroyed the private sector, the quality of life. They flee these states, and then they come into Florida or Texas or what have you. But Florida I'm talking about now. And they vote the same way. Like somehow that's going to, you're going to be able to maintain your low tax rates and all the rest of it. That's not how that works. The first minute they get a Democrat governor, a Democrat Senate, and a Democrat House in this state, they're going to have an income tax. And they're going to have an inheritance tax. And all the clowns that moved here and vote for liberal Democrats, wow, what's going on here, Myrtle? I don't know, Frank. It's also a haven for people who have pensions, people who retire early. You know, in some municipalities, you put in 20 years, you can retire I met a guy today, Mr. Producer, who was 21 years old when he worked for a, uh, a town government in New Jersey. 21. And you can retire after 20 years. Did you know this? He retired, he said, at the age of 42. With a pension. Every year he gets a pension. Every year his medical care is covered. So he retires at 42. Maybe the guy will live to 90. So you have another half century where the taxpayers are subsidizing this. And plus they have to replace the guy once or twice, depending on, you know, how how many years somebody works. And so he moved to Florida. He pays no state income tax. The people in New Jersey. I think it was New Jersey. It may have been New York. I'll just say New Jersey. I believe that's where he was from. 
are still paying his pension and his medical. He's paying no state income tax to any state. To any state. And then he decided, you know, he wanted to be a flight attendant. So he did that for like 10 years. And guess what, Mr. Producer? He retired from that. He gets another pension. Another pension. Lives in Florida. No taxes. I mean, uh, I mean, playing the system. I'm just explaining it to the rest of the nation. Uh, it's just been announced that Valerie Harper passed away at the age of 80. Valerie Harper. Those who are my age, we remember Valerie Harper. She was uh, really a very, very good television actress, I thought. All right, I'll be right back. Mark in. Meteorologist with us right now, my buddy too, Joe Bastardi. Most of you know who he is. He wrote a great book, The Climate Chronicles. Now, Joe, I know you're really, really busy. What do you make of what's going on at this hour, the 8 p.m. Eastern Time hour with this hurricane? Well, I'll tell you what, it's deepening rapidly. It's starting to turn to the west. And, uh, you know, if you've been following uh, our ideas, it was going to not deepen real fast on the northwest path, but as it turns to the west, that is a notorious uh, situation for the storm to intensify, and that's what we're seeing now. And it's going to continue to, to get stronger here over the next 24 to 36 hours and go to the Category 4. Our path is, takes it into the uh, northern Bahamas, and then when it gets off the Florida coast, the steering currents break down. And look, we have an opportunity on the southeast coast and the Florida coast to miss the brunt of this. And it, folks, folks have to understand, I tell people all the time, it's like a cork in the stream. And it's as big as it looks and as powerful as it looks, it's pushed around by everything around it. So what happens is this cork is bobbing along, and the uh, situation to the north, to the east, to the west, and to the south of it determine where it's going to go. And we know it's going to get all the way to Grand Bahama. We know it's going to get to within 50, 60 miles of the Florida coast. Uh, as of this morning, and I don't change forecasts around, uh, the National Hurricane Center and uh, my company, we've had the same landfall area, but there is a chance that it does what Matthew did. Now, you folks in Florida and the southeast coast remember Matthew. It tries to come up, and it stays offshore. Mark, unless this goes in south of the bend of Florida, West Palm Beach in that area, it's not going to go into Florida because what happens is, when, when powerful storms are trying to move up to the Florida coast, because of the effects of land, they tend to stay offshore. So that could happen here, and we want to make sure people know that there is a way out from what looks to be the worst-case scenario. But we don't know, right? Or you do know? Well, when you say you believe something, that's one thing, but you don't know something. Yeah. Only God knows tomorrow. So. I'm giving you my best estimate. Well, let me ask you this, Joe. What's that? The reason why it might kind of skirt and work up the coast rather than a direct slam, what is it in the the atmosphere that might cause that? 
Well, the, the, the ridge, the upper air high pressure that's steering it west collapses. And what happens is these little, little weaknesses show up. And remember, folks, nature designs everything. The reason for a hurricane is to take heat out of the tropics, redistribute it into the temperate region. And so what is it looking for? It's looking for a way to turn north. And so it'll have that chance off the Florida coast just before landfall. Now, from, from this stage, you know, what I do with a forecast is I evaluate all the options and I say, okay, I think it'll be in the middle here. I'm not a big model guy. Oh, this model says this, this model says that because they waffle all over the place. So what I'm trying to do is get a vision of where the atmosphere is going. Here is the fact. It is very tough, very tough to drive a storm in from the east or southeast on the Florida coast from uh, about West Palm Beach, north of Jacksonville. Only one time in 400 years has a major storm, for instance, hit around the Jacksonville area from the east. That was Dora, 1964. Now, if you look at, uh, I refer to these things because I want folks to understand. David, 1979, that came up uh, near Miami and came up inland and then uh, could parallel the coast, or actually come inland, just uh, inland from the coast. Cleo, 64, did that. But if you look... The stronger the storm, like Matthew, the more it can stay offshore. And, uh, you know, I'm concerned about that, that the option is that, you know, a week from now, even though it may be still battering around Cape Hatteras, people say, well, uh, they overhyped it and uh, things like that. But the best I can do is put it in the middle, in the middle of that track, to me right now, takes it ashore around West Palm Beach and then comes up along the Florida coast. Now, if it takes it ashore on West Palm Beach, what kind of category are we talking about? I, I believe this will intensify to a strong Category 4, but because it's moving slow, I think it will weaken as it comes to the coast. You see, Mark, when storms move uh, faster, like Michael or Andrew in 92, what happens is they're always coming over fresh, warm water. When they move very slow, five, six miles an hour, they're churning the water up underneath them. And so it's cooling the water. In addition, it's pulling in drier air from Florida. So, well, Florida is warm and humid, but not as warm and humid as it would be over the Gulf Stream. So what happens is you need perfect conditions to maintain the perfect storm. Anything negative will try to weaken it. Now, it won't weaken it that much. It'll weaken it to a Category 3. Remember what happened with Katrina and Rita? They weakened off their Category 5 status. So the question is, does the storm reach the peak where we think it's going to be, which is around Grand Bahama, and as it's, as it's trying to approach the coast? Because if it reaches it there, it reaches it there. chances are when it tries to get to the coast, it will weaken just a bit, but it still be a, dev- a Category 3 hurricane, Category 4 hurricane hitting in there as a devastating storm. The best How many miles is that, miles per hour, Category 3 and 4? That would be 130 miles an hour. But remember, the width of the hurricane force winds, this isn't like Irma. For instance, if you had uh, Irma going through the Florida Keys, Miami, and Fort Lauderdale, get winds of 90, 100-mile-an-hour wind gusts. This is a, a fist of fury, as I call it, a much smaller compact storm, but very powerful near the middle of the storm. So that's what we're looking at. And in the, in the realm of the thing, as impressive as it looks, look at all those clouds, look at the eye and all this. You've got to understand the entire majesty of the atmosphere around it is what is directing it. So uh, that becomes very uh, difficult to look at exactly we're talking about you know 50 mile errors now 50 mile errors in a four-day forecast 
if you're within 50 miles, you're pretty good forecast. But that's the difference between a hurricane making landfall at West Palm Beach and a hurricane staying just offshore like Matthew did. Is it possible that this hurricane will hit north of West Palm Beach? Well, uh, again, it's very difficult. If, it, if it's going to be north, it'd probably be between Savannah and Cape Hatteras because of the way the coast bends. That, that, it's funny about hurricanes. You know, I've studied them over the years. They don't like to go into certain places from certain angles. All right, very, very tough to do. They're much more likely to hit further up the coast if they're paralleling the Florida coast. It'd be very difficult to uh, send a major hurricane in, as we saw with Matthew, from the south-southeast into the Florida coast at Melbourne or uh, Cape Canaveral. I can't say that it's a 0% possibility, but what I can say is I believe if it does not get in around West Palm Beach, chances are it will stay offshore from much of the Florida coast. And even though it'll be a formidable storm, there's a lot different between a a storm that's uh, with 130-mile-an-hour wind sitting 50 miles east of you, crawling up the coast, than one that's right on top of you, and that would spare the devastation. And, you know, it's interesting in the political climate today, and I've got to bring this up. We have 30 seconds. Okay, I literally see people uh, rooting on some kind of crazy disaster. If I've only got 30 seconds, Mark, I've got to tell you this before I go, okay? It's, uh, you don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit it in the wind. You don't pull the mask off the old one and you don't mess with Mark Levin. My, <laughs> my, my brother told me to tell you that because he listens to me every night. Well, listen to me. Your brother and you and your entire family are great patriots. And hang in there. We're going to keep following you on this, Joe, because I think in the next 24 hours, it's going to be absolutely crucial. God bless you, my friend. The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, demand letters from the IRS are hitting the mail, so if you owe back taxes, you may be receiving one soon. When it arrives, you'll have questions like, is it true the IRS can garnish my paycheck? Can the IRS really take my home and bank accounts? Can they take my retirement savings? Yes, they can do all that, and they can do a hell of a lot more. But there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an official government program for tax debt assistance. And nobody knows more about the Fresh Start Initiative than the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. Optima's mission is to stand between you and the IRS, fighting to help protect your paycheck and assets and helping you get the best deal possible. But don't delay, because the IRS can tack on hefty penalties and interest every day. Call Optima now for your free consultation, free consultation, while you still have options. Call 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. That's 899... Uh, what did I say? 800-499-6300. Some restrictions apply. So for complete details, please visit Optima Tax Relief. You know, Janine Pirro is a very principled lady with a great resume, a great mind, and she is a fighter and a patriot. And I've come to know her She has a spectacular program on Saturday on Fox. She writes beautifully. She's got a brand new book out called Radicals, Resistance, and Revenge, The Left's Plot to Remake America. Judge Janine, how are you, my friend? I am terrific, and I'm thrilled to be with you. How are you? Well, it's a great place. I'm fine. I'm just enjoying the weather in Florida, you know. 
<laughs> you in Florida? I'm in Florida dealing with our home, my home here and my my parents my deceased parents' home, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here. But anyway, oh. I want to tell you something. This is a fantastic book. Uh, on top of your other fantastic book, give us a general rundown of why you decided to write this book. Well, you know, um, when I wrote, Mark, Liars, Leakers, and Liberals, I wrote about the upper echelon of the FBI and the Department of Justice. I mean, that's my wheelhouse. I've been a prosecutor, judge, and DA for over 30 years. And when I stepped back after I wrote the book, uh, I realized that there is an even bigger uh, plot or coup, you could say, uh, where they're attempting to change America and literally remake America. And I thought about the fact that it's as a result of the, the, the revenge that they feel uh, and the vengeance because Donald Trump won. They've resisted everything they've done, uh, that, that he's done, and they're radicals. So it just made sense to do the alliteration again, the radicals' resistance and revenge, and to do the bigger picture of the plot to remake America. Everything from... Our economic system, they want to change capitalism to socialism, to the Constitution, where the, where the First Amendment is almost meaningless to them, where words trigger them, or they're, they're, uh, they're, it's almost as though we're getting close to what they have in Europe, which is hate speech for which you can be prosecuted. I mean, they're looking to ghost us, to get us off of Facebook and Twitter. They're looking to shut us down at universities. I mean, this is a bigger plot than any of us imagined. And when you've got someone who's a nominee to the United States Supreme Court, uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, who's about as close to an altar boy as I've seen in any grown man, be accused of being a gang rapist with the United States senator saying, you know, all women need to be believed and all you men should shut up and the presumption of innocence is just let out to dry. You say to yourself, there's, there's, there's something going on. They're trying to remake America. You know, we've got illegals coming in. They're now being given licenses. What is the point of a license? It is a point of identification for which you can then go and vote. We've got sanctuary cities where illegals, not the people who are cleaning your, uh, you know, the, the house or the lawn or serving you at a restaurant, but criminals who are being protected in, in places where there are, you know, law-abiding American citizens. Everything is upside down. And I'll end it by saying this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? I don't think so. Not if you're a baby born to a woman who decides after birth, while you're there, while that baby is sitting there like an emperor in a Roman Colosseum up and down thumb, that the mother doesn't want you, and she's not going to give you away. They're just going to let you die. This is not the America that our founding fathers decided that they would create when they left England. No, you're exactly right. And Judge Janine, the book, by the way, is Radicals, Resistance, and Revenge, The Left's Plot to Remake America. You can go on my social sites. We're going to link to Amazon.com. You can get in any major bookstore, warehouse store. It's the perfect weekend to do that. Now, Judge Janine, here's the thing. I, I've been around a while, too. The left is more crackpot, as you point out in your book, than ever in my lifetime. And... I think it's a result of Donald Trump. Donald Trump does more to expose them, the core of who they are, and to, and, and to cause their veins and their necks to get, you know, really, and all the rest of it. And, you know, in a way, it's very, very important what he has done. And he takes them on. I don't think another well, president could do what he does. 
Well, on a couple of levels. You know, I often say, uh, Mark, that but for Donald Trump being elected, but for this outsider, we would never have known the extent that the deep state uh, 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 would go to get rid of someone that they didn't want, Mm -hmm. an outsider. We would never have known of the establishment and how truly bad it was where one hand washes the other, and it almost doesn't matter which party you belong to, they take care of each other. And, you know, Donald Trump is that tip of the spear. He has the stamina to withstand incoming every day, twice a day, whatever. No one could do that. And he exposes them and it makes them crazy. You are so right, Mark. It makes them it makes them absolutely crazy. You know what else and makes them crazy? The you. Hey, you what? you drive them nuts, too. They've tried <laughs> to drive you off a of TV. They mock you. Yeah. You've got 100 IQ points more than every one of their critics. And yet you are you stand the course. You are steadfast well, in your program and what you have to say. Look, you know, the Council on American Islamic Relations wanted me fired, okay? And it is it is just a price that we pay. Do I get do I get criticized? Do I get people who literally spit when you walk on the street? You know what? I could care less because I have a moral core. I know the Constitution. I know what this country is about. And they want to bring in socialism. And that's because they're just plain stupid. Socialism, and I talk about this in Radicals and Resistance, socialism, they say, it's not like Venezuelan socialism. Well, yes, it is. Because when you point to the Nordic socialism, and I make this very clear in the book, you've got some free markets there. You've got a whole different setup in these countries that they say, this is the socialism we want. And, you know, they, they're they willing to vote for someone like a Joe Biden who doesn't know where he is at any given point. No. I mean, this man is pathetic. His circuits aren't connected. No, I agree. They say he makes gaffes. And may I say, you know, you're not saying, he, no, he's a blithering idiot. It's not a matter yeah. of having gaffes. It's just, and by the way, he's always been this way. Even as a young man, it's not because he's older. It's because he's Joe Biden. That's why. But look what's behind him, uh, Judge Janine. You got Elizabeth Warren who lied her way into her positions. I mean, repeatedly lied about her ancestry. You've got Bernie Sanders, one of these, uh, you, you've seen them before, one of these old reds out of Brooklyn. He moves to Vermont. He gets elected, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, he's, he's the hottest thing. You got uh, Cory Booker, who did a fantastic job in Newark, as I, as I uh, look back on that, what a uh, with tongue-in-cheek. What a yeah, mess. what a mess. So they really have a lot of very, very poor candidates, don't they? Well, uh, poor candidates, and as I say, it's a Democrat clown car. You know, it's headed over the edge because, I mean, they're not going anywhere but uh, over the cliff. You've got Elizabeth Warren, and, you know, this whole thing, some people say, oh, you know, she said she was Native American. She wants to make the Native Americans like her. That's hogwash. She did it to benefit herself and put herself Mm -hmm. ahead of of everyone else so that she could financially advance at Harvard. I mean, and, and Bernie Sanders, the guy's worth how many billions of dollars? He never had a real job. You know, where did he honeymoon? He, which, which communist country did he honeymoon in? Moscow. Wouldn't, isn't, that your, uh, isn't that on the top of our list? Oh, everybody's yeah, list. Absolutely. Honeymoon in Moscow. And by the way, that's during the Soviet <laughs> Union. It, 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 that's right. And in the end, what we've got, and, and then you've got, you know who I'm going to miss at these debates, Mark? I'm going to miss uh, Marianne Williamson. At least yes. you provided some comic relief. This woman wants to debate Donald Trump on the psychic battlefield and with the dark yes. forces. 
I mean, at least I could laugh, genuinely laugh at the woman. The other ones are, are, are a bunch of fools, and they can't. I don't care how old. And you notice nobody talks about how old Donald Trump is because his mind and his brain is as sharp as anyone. Mm -hmm. And he can go 24-7. He's got the stamina, the energy, the determination, the perseverance, and he's got the focus. None of them are going to beat him, and it makes them crazy. And let me just say one thing about that. James Comey, you know, Oy. when he came out yesterday after the IG summary, and he said, oh, for all those who've been railing that I should go to jail and that I'm a liar and a leaker, and uh, which, is, of course, the name of my last book, uh, you know, I don't expect an apology, but maybe they could say they're sorry. Hell no. Sorry. The inspector general said you were a liar and a leaker. You had FBI material at your home and in your safe when the FBI went there to collect what they own and you don't. You are a leaker. You've been a leaker since you went to the FBI. And you know what? He ought to go in a corner somewhere because there's a lot more coming in terms of serious investigations. And I understand why they didn't prosecute. They can't afford to lose the first case. Well, there we have a little disagreement. My view is... Throw the book at the guy. You may have a grand slam down the road, but I'll tell you what. Serious business when the FBI uh, director is stealing stealing from the federal government, leaking to a newspaper in his position, and trying to set up a president of the United States. So I understand the argument. Well, I think it's an overwhelming case. But that's just me. What do I know? I used to work at the Justice Department. That's just my opinion. You obviously know everything. and Exactly. The framing of the president will come in the next case. This is just a piece of it. They could have saved it, possibly. Uh, or maybe Bill Barr, think about it, is trying to make himself look like a reasonable guy. That he now, Judge Deneen, it's radio, yeah. so I have to go. But I want my audience, and they're very, very patriotic and loyal, I want them to know. Get Judge Janine's book. It's outstanding. Radicals, Resistance, and Revenge, The Left's Plot to Remake America. Amazon.com, any major bookstore. God bless you, my friend. We'll be right back. Lovin. You know, protesters... And citizens in Hong Kong have been rising up against the totalitarian communist regime in Beijing. You've got a core of rabid anti-Semites in the Democrat caucus and in the media, the New York Times. And not among other things, they relentlessly attack Israel. Tens of thousands of illegal immigrants continue to come into the country with the encouragement of the media and the Democrat Party, regardless of the consequences to communities. But what's the biggest story for the, uh, for the Democrat Party media? Well, they want to brand our president as a racist. Why? To draw away the minority vote from the president where he's making enormous inroads. That's a fact. Now, this can all be exhausting. For me, too. So where can you tune in each day for real, relevant, meaningful information? Well, I'll tell you where. Levin TV. At Levin TV, you'll get my uncensored and unfiltered takes on real issues that matter to the country and to your lives. And we'll also spruce it up with philosophy, economics, and history. Signing up by going to levintv.com is very easy. 
Just go there, levintv.com, or you can give us a call. We're there, 844-LEVIN-TV, L-E-V-I-N-TV. Now, if you enter promo code LEVIN or enter or, or mention promo code LEVIN, you'll get $10 off your annual subscription. Perfect weekend to do it. That's levintv.com, promo code LEVIN for $10 off your annual subscription. Or 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. Now, I know this is a holiday weekend for most of the country, but for part of the country, I know you're biting your fingernails. Just use your common sense. You don't need lectures from me. Just use your smarts. I don't want to lose any Levinites out there. And in honor of you, each and every week, America. Here we go.
folks, be careful out there if you're in the uh, hurricane area. You know that. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all law enforcement.